Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Love What You Do podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Daniel. And the podcast is going to be more or less an interview series with young professionals. We try to get the good, the bad, the ugly of their particular lines of work and industries. And today we're starting with Anna. Yes, so we're going to be talking about the music industry, which I hope is going to be exciting for you guys to tune into. So let's get started. Okay, well why don't you tell the people where you work? The people. So I work at a record label. Um, it is an international record label, and I work in the marketing department. Okay. What I do on the day-to-day involves a mix of things. So um, part of it is marketing campaigns for our artists' um, single and album releases. So it sort of varies between if you're working on an international artist versus a domestic. With international, you work with the international team. Um, based on where that artist was sort of brought up and signed and you um, follow their lead but you come up with your own sort of strategy to cater to the Canadian market. With domestic artists you have more of I guess um, power over what you want to do and and the vision that you have for that artist and then you ask for international partners for support around your um, sort of overall vision for that artist. Um, so that's that's just one part of it. Another part of the work that I do is I um, sort of manage our internal news uh, marketing newsletter. So this is a newsletter that's shared internally, but we basically talk about all of our up and coming acts. We talk about what what's going on with them in radio, what's going on in streaming. We talk about the marketing plan that's currently in place for them. So um, yeah, so a lot of communication. You know, um, you're you're basically working on updating everyone in the team on what's going on with your artists. Um, And then another part of it, which is probably the less fun part, is helping out with things like invoices and POs when there's a need for it. Um, I personally am not a big fan of finance, but it just comes with the territory. So that's something that you might do in the marketing department as well. Um, Obviously not the bulk of your work, but something you might assist with. And I also am very lucky in the sense that I get to help out with um, major partnerships that our record um, label has with with other famous international companies. And so, um, yeah, so you assist with those partnerships. You basically look at what's been going right and wrong over the past year, let's say, in that partnership and what you can bring to the table in terms of ideas and new strategies and ways that um, you know we can work with that partner to promote our music and at the same time they leverage our artists or our music and, and sort of use that to be more relevant in the music space. So it's obviously a, a two-way street. So yeah, those are some of the things that I do. Um, so obviously the bulk of it is marketing campaigns, which makes a lot of sense. And we work with digital media partners to um, sort of set these up with us and run the analytics and provide us information on how a campaign is performing. And then that gives us the ability to adjust um, maybe where we're spending our dollars or how we're spending them. Or if if, let's say something really isn't performing on a certain platform, like a social media platform, we'll just take it off of that platform and maybe readjust our spend or pause it. So yeah. Gotcha. Now, me and Anna talked a little bit about this before, but if we were looking, you know, before our time, 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I bet most of the promoting of new um, albums, new singles happened in like print media or radio, be it magazines, newspapers, mm-hmm. and then terrestrial radio. Now I'm guessing it's a, it's a mix of what social media and streaming platforms. Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it Spotify? Is it all the above? Yeah, it's basically all of the above. I mean, TikTok obviously had a big moment this year, so a lot of 
strategy is going behind how to make an artist bigger on TikTok and it's, it's almost not the new Instagram, but it is a big part of our strategy. Um, yeah, so I mean in the past the way that music was consumed was obviously physical um, CDs, physical vinyl, and the reason that a lot of record companies actually situated themselves up north in the city versus downtown was because it was e easier to receive the shipments of physical product to those locations versus having those trucks sort of go downtown commute and, right. and deliver there. So um, yes, and so 30 years later, now everything's on social media. Well, not everything, but a lot of the marketing is on social media. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's a blend. It's like social, out-of-home marketing. Um, and with social, it's obviously Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Facebook is still pretty relevant for a lot of artists. I would say Twitter is not as relevant anymore, depending on the artist, but right. not as relevant for most artists. And yeah, you can do things like audio ads on different digital service providers, for example, Spotify audio ads. And that's why it's very important for people who work in marketing to work closely with streaming to understand what they are doing that's working for their listeners so that right. we can tap into that as well. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. And why don't you talk a bit about how you got, how you landed a job in uh, marketing in the music industry, maybe sure. the educational path, maybe what the hiring process was like. So I studied marketing in a business school back in the day because I didn't know what industry I wanted to pursue, but I knew that I wanted to do business marketing. Right. Um, Daniel and I actually studied together. So that's, <laughs> we met in business that's school. Where we met. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then when I realized that I wanted to pursue the music industry, I looked for a job in Toronto, but everything was super saturated because it's obviously like a hot industry to be in. Right. So I to get into. Yes, yeah. for sure. So I um, ventured out to a different city. I chose London, Ontario, because my I had a family relative, family member that lived there. Mm -hmm. So I got to crash at their place, and I started working for free for a recording studio. So I just knocked on the door, asked them if I could help them out. They were not hiring at the time, so. I offered free work. I said, I'm equipped with strong social media skills. Um, let me just come in and, you know, do what I can to promote your recording studio, the artists that come in to record. And so it was definitely brand new for me. It was new territory, but it was fun to explore and learn about recording studios and how they, how they work. So, and I got to work with some really great people. And in the meantime, I was looking for other opportunities in Toronto because, again, this was a free gig and I needed a full-time job. Right. So I then moved into music licensing, which I didn't know much about, but I um, I was open to learning about it. So I worked at a music licensing company and then I transitioned into radio and then I transitioned into a music label. So um, the way I ultimately landed the music label gig is by having connected with anyone and everyone that would sort of listen to me or hear me out in my LinkedIn messages. So I would be like 50 to 100 messages a day to anyone in the music industry and about 80 to 90% of those responses were either no response or a rejection for, you know, something like a coffee date or a quick phone call, right. which I understand everybody's busy. So if you, if you are able to connect with someone who wants to give you time, it's a big win. Um, so my big wins happened in the fact that I ended up connecting with a couple of people who worked in the label that I currently work at. So I got to ultimately work with the people that I reached out to on LinkedIn, which is insane and sort of a dream come true because <laughs> they're amazing. Um, and, and probably to this day, some of the favorite, my, my most favorite people that I worked with. So 
Yeah, so it was a journey of um, looking for opportunities all the time, both in terms of job postings and opportunities to connect with people. So whether that means for, for someone who's looking to get a job, whether that means to going music industry events and introducing yourself and showing that you have an interest in the industry or, or sort of reaching out in a, in a, not a cold call, but yeah, reaching out on LinkedIn right, right. or sending an email, all of that should eventually transition to meeting someone that can help. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it sounds like a competitive industry. If you're initially to get your, that initial burst of experience that you can then leverage into a paid position, it sounds mm -hmm. like you have to maybe do free work and then you got, you're hitting up people on, on LinkedIn uh, in high volume, it seems. So it definitely sounds like a competitive industry. Yeah. But now is. that you're in it, what, what is the most enjoyable part of what you do? Um, well, I love the perks of getting to go to shows. I love the perks of getting to meet new artists sometimes. And um, also, I guess within the role, it's, it's pretty fun to come up with a new strategy for a new artist, or even if it's an existing artist, just catering that strategy to that artist's style and their genre of music and their fan base. So yeah, it's, it's fun in that way because you get to be pretty creative and you know you can even imagine the um, assets that are going to go along with a post or maybe a gif that do people say gif or gif i think it's gif, <laughs> GIF okay think, yeah. yeah a gif that might go up on instagram right. for their release so yeah it's, it's a lot of creative work gotcha and in terms of because it sounds like this artist will put together a song mm -hmm. and then he relays it over to you guys and you create a marketing plan or she he or she sorry <laughs> and so do you guys get like advanced notice that this person's put together the you know a, a, an album or single that needs to be promoted and you guys get to work or is there like a, a fixed schedule so artists are working closely with our a and r team which is artists and repertoire right. and they are working on their music in a collaborative way now i don't work in a and r but from what i understand um the artist will have let's say six or seven tracks and then chat with a and r about which songs they think are the strongest and it's sort of a team effort to figure out which songs they want to service gotcha um if it's a full album it's a full album but you're probably before releasing the full album you'll you'll tease a track or you know release a single first right, right. before the full album um so yeah it's a collaborative effort so yeah we, we do know what songs are in the pipeline and right, right. what we're going to service when um, and it's collaborative between radio, streaming, and marketing. Gotcha. So the artist records it. At that yeah. point, it's still unreleased music. Mm -hmm. He or she then sort of um, gets together with the label. They mutually decide on which tracks are the strongest are going to get released. Mm -hmm. Then gets relayed over to you guys to develop a campaign for it. And then ultimately, it goes out to the masses. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think it's time for Instagram questions. Okay. Got a few people asking some questions for Anna on Instagram. Ken from Instagram asks, can you get signed without a demo? I gotta imagine that's quite difficult. <laughs> Ken is an excellent singer. Um, <laughs> Shout so, out to Ken. Yeah. Uh, you, okay, so again, I don't work in A&R, but from what I imagine, you don't necessarily need to have a demo. If you have some sort of engagement going on with your social media accounts and you are, let's say you're discovered at a mic night and the person who discovers you checks you out online, they think you're great that might be enough to um have a conversation over so you don't have to provide them with a demo on the right, spot right. so as long as you have talent and you have some sort of following that definitely helps right. um but it doesn't hurt to you know song right and i mean that's definitely a skill that labels love if you are also a songwriter that right. means a lot to them okay sonia asks 
how are singles selected and by who? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. It sounds like a collaborative mm-hmm. effort between the artist and the record label. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, Rennell asks, what are the cons? I'm going to rephrase that a little bit. What are the challenges <laughs> of working in your industry? Challenges of working in the industry are you're going to deal with a lot of different personalities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because it's creative work, I think that everyone is sort of... Um, um, probably passionate about excited what they do about okay. their yeah. ideas and so you have to be the type of person that can navigate that excitement and you know appreciate where somebody's coming from and don't shut down ideas just try to um collaborate with them i know i use that word a lot but it really is a, it's supposed to be a collaborative environment so um i guess it's not a con but it could be a challenge <laughs> for a some challenge, people yeah. to to work with so many different types of personalities um yeah, I don't think I answered that question, but I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Mike from Instagram asks, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about working in the music industry? Um, well, okay. I know you and I don't agree on this, but I've seen a few movies where the music industry is portrayed as a very aggressive industry where people are just like shouting and screaming at each other. <laughs> I can't recall the movies, but yeah, it's a very friendly environment. Okay. Um so it's yeah that, that's a misconception in my opinion that i mean i think it's a pretty pretty cool place to work but um a misconception about artists is that if you have a large following if you have like eighty thousand followers that all those followers are going to translate into ticket buys for your concert or your show right. so it's very difficult to actually get a fan to get up off their butt and go buy a ticket and come to your show right. so those are not equivalent so um you as an artist really should work hard to engage with your fans because if you have a minute of their time on your social media that's that's for free for them so that's easy but to be engaging enough to get them out to your show that's a whole other story so um yeah you 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 have to put in work as an artist and um you know a lot of artists say that all i need is to get signed by a label and once i get that label deal that's it i'm going to be a star but there's a lot of work that you've got to put in independently before a label considers you as someone they want to sign. So you really should be hustling um, regardless of if you have a label in, in the works or not a label deal. So yeah, misconception is that when a label comes in, everything is fixed. <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds like it's less to do with just having a large, raw number of followers mm-hmm. and it's more what's more important is how dedicated those mm-hmm. those followers and fans are does that translate to actual ticket sales for that artist right and, and back to the the thing about the artist um when we work with artists we want them to be responsive and you know if we're giving them advice for example on how to do something on social media we want them to be actioning all all that advice that's being given mm-hmm. we we do have artists that sometimes are a little more lax and a little more, more relaxed and they think that they don't need to do all of these extra things. But when you're working with a label, they're providing you information that you've really got to take with you right. and, and execute. So right. it's, it's work on both ends. When you say information like adult analytics? Yeah, like let's say we've analyzed your page, like your, I don't know, your TikTok page and we think that you should be putting out more content. But if you right. as the artist are coming back to us as saying something like, right. no, I'm not really in the mood this week. Right, right. Well, you can't, you don't have that option. You're an artist and you need to. You got to work with one another. Exactly. So the record label might help you in giving you data analytics mm-hmm. in, in terms of your level of, uh, of engagement. Yeah. But then it's really on the artist to act upon that, to put out more content, longer mm-hmm. content, better content, yeah. whatever the case may be. Usually the word is better. <laughs> better. <laughs> All right. Last one from Instagram. We have Shane from Instagram asking, with so much music out there nowadays, 
Why do radio stations play the same songs over and over again? <laughs> Excellent question. One I used to contemplate uh, a lot. So the reason that radio stations play the same songs is because they want to make you familiar with that track. And they're hoping that, you know, once you get familiar with that track, you'll start to like it. And that'll encourage you to maybe go on that artist's Spotify or Apple um, account and look through their other music. But really the focus is on familiarity. In my opinion, um, I honestly think that it would be nice to have more of a mix, but radio is not going to change anytime soon. So I think they're they're comfortable and happy with how they're doing things. So I hear you though, Shane. I get <laughs> so it. So is the repetition almost deliberate to get the song sort of buzzing in the back of your mind so that when you open up Spotify or Apple, you're going to click to it? I mean, does that listen? happen to you? Do you have a song buzzing in the back of your mind sometimes? There's a lot of Drake songs. Then. Post Malone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's because we're fans of them. But yeah, yeah, that's sort of the goal. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was it from Instagram. I think that's a great way to end the first episode. Yeah, think? I think wow. so. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Remember, like, comment, subscribe. Leave us questions for future episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a natural. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>